Jesus. Now recording. I'll count us down to go in three, dos, uno. Hello, everyone! Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Bop. We have quite a show for you today. Our topic of the show is going to be a doozy. Yeah, that's right. We're... Uh, actually not doing a topic that's why it's going to be a doozy we are here oh. <laughs> for game of the year what yeah it's the first time that we've done this ever never before <laughs> have we done a game of the year episode not a single time. that'll be the first like this mm. true that, that actually is true yeah. um yeah so i mean before we i guess get into it uh you know I am, of course, the host. You know, you know who the fuck I am, uh, and I'm here with one of my co-hosts, Dylan, digging through the ditches. Martin, is that? Did you write that? What the fuck? No, okay. I didn't write that. Okay, because it was it was digging through the ditches, Martin, and burning through the witches, Stevens. <laughs> but that, that might have been last year. Yeah, either that or I copy pasted that from like another. Uh, <laughs> from another fucking outline. Jesus I was Christ. like, "Dick, what the fuck does that mean?" Yeah, just digging through the ditches, man. Oh man, okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we're. I'm here with with Dylan. Austin is unfortunately out, uh, but we didn't want to delay these anymore. Um, so we do have some sort of idea how Austin would vote in most of these topics. So uh, we're gonna go with it. Uh, from that sort of standpoint um cool so yeah uh with that all out of the way uh it's here our end of the year episode Uh, (coughs) we are going to go through our various categories today Uh, we've got various awards that we're going to get through um and these are going to be things like uh supporting character art direction boss fight you know the biggest and best of all the things um so with that all said sir how are you doing uh fantastic awesome well that is I have no complaints that is good to hear mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure i have a complaint i just can't think of one yeah i'm sure that there's something but you know how are you? Uh, I could be better. Yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> never mind. Could be better. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Austin's fine. Austin's fine. Austin's doing Austin things. Um, <sighs> all right. Cool. Well, I mean, let's, I don't know. Let's not I'm excited. Beat around it's the time. bush. Um, let's jump into the bush. Let's jump directly into the bushwhackers um in the in the bush oh god that's mm, yep that's something that you said out loud i did it here we go okay uh yeah so the caveats for this obviously because uh, we do have some rules that so then we we don't mm. you know fuck this all up is um 
For each of our uh, given categories, the games that were nominated must have been uh, like released between December 16th of 2022 and December 15th of 2023. Kind of arbitrary numbers, but it works for us. So we, we fucking make the rules. All right. <laughs> um, and break them as we like. And yes. Tawny. Tawny, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I was playing uh, I was playing Fork Knife with Bryn a little bit earlier and I guess Tawny I, she said something that tipped Tawny off that I was um, playing with her and he was like what are you doing get back in the discord and keep arguing with me <laughs> I was like I'm not even arguing with you I agree with you uh, yeah it was it was a fun time so um, one thing that I actually have not done, uh, we usually break these up with little Patreon Game of the Year blurbs. Uh, I haven't done that oh, yet yeah. because I have not heard back from everyone. Um, I think I've... Get it together. I know. I think I've only heard back from Tani, uh, Crumkey, and Jeff. So we're still missing oh. Justin and wow. Bryn, uh, and you and Austin. Huh. I'm just kidding. Me? I, yeah, I'm just kidding. Oh, just kidding. I, I was like, wait a minute. I'm over here talking shit. Yeah. Um, Mine don't matter. Yeah, exactly. They do. Just They matter so much, I get a whole show for it. Exactly. Uh, cool. Well, all that out of the way, let's <laughs> fucking get right into it. Let's with go. our very first category. Yeah. Best supporting character. Austin Stevens, moving Austin on. Austin Stevens. Who is not here with us? So he is the best supporting character, though. He would be the main character in any other situation, uh, and he is currently not because he's on life support. That's why he's a supporting character. Oh, <laughs> I said he was paralyzed five minutes ago. Oh now God. he's on life support. <laughs> oh, God, he's not really. On he's life dead support. by the end of the item, right? He's he's a dead boy oh. by the end of everything. Uh oh. Um, okay, uh, right. supporting character. Best supporting character. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so last year's winner for this were Lim and Mina from Citizen Sleeper. And our nominees this year are Peppermint from Hi-Fi Rush, Corsica from Hi-Fi Rush, Sid from Final Fantasy XVI, Giuseppe Geppetto from Lies of P, and Harry Osborn from Spider-Man Two. Um, Let me make my argument. Listen. Okay. Let me make. Please don't do this already. I think that I know how we both fall. The. Uh, okay. Go. Give me your arguments. Who Who are you going to fight hardest for? It was really going to be fucking Harry, dude. Okay. Uh, you know what? I thought that that would be Austin's pick. Uh, namely, this was actually mine. He hasn't actually played any of the other games. <laughs> that is also true. I don't think he put a supporting character on here. God damn it, Austin. Yeah. Um, what are we going to do? My reasoning here? for Harry is that I'm not, Harry is technically the villain mm-hmm. of the story. Yes. But I, I look at Harry as, unfortunately, two different people in this. I look at him as... Symbiote Harry, but then I look at him as who I know Peter's friend is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
for the most part of this game, we see that Harry, we see that dynamic with Peter. Like these are just two buddy, like Peter got his best friend back Mm -hmm. after all of this. And you can really see how their dynamic, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda been Mm -hmm. had everything not turned out the way it was. And, I don't like. We'll talk about Spider-Man Two later, but I don't like what it did to Peter and Miles at all. But I liked seeing that brotherly relationship between Harry and Peter, and how quickly Peter was like welcoming of Harry into his life as Spider-Man. And I don't know. It was just I loved how that dynamic just flourished through. I will say fifty percent of the game. Um, and I, I just think that he was a great side character there for a while before turning full on antagonist with Venom. Um, it just, I, I really felt a connection there with those two. Okay. That was my reasoning, but I also love Peppermint. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I definitely thought that that was going to go a different route because I was going to suggest that. I thought we both were in the in agreement that it would be probably someone from Hi-Fi Rush or yeah. Sid from Final Fantasy 16. And I'll tell you right now, Sid could bend me over. And I don't say that to just anyone. <laughs> he is mm, definitely top 10 of most attractive people from this last year. Mm. He's up there. I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. I didn't... Who's Geppetto? Uh, Ge- I mean, I know who Geppetto is. But so, Geppetto is, is the creator of Pinocchio. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. No, uh, I, right. I put him on here because yeah. he, in, in a kind of weird way, actually mirrors Harry in, in that, like, he is sort of like your... He's your father figure. He's your mentor or whatever, right? And... By the end of the game, it becomes relatively clear that he is not really who you think of him as. He's not really, you know, a a dad per se so much as um, he gave birth to you. Or or not gave birth to you, but you know what I'm saying. Like, he sired you, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's it. Because a lot of his stuff for the story is strictly guiding Pinocchio down a path that's not exactly the best path. He's more of a, I'm going to tell you what I think is right and I want you to do that thing. Uh, But, like, I'm your father, so you have to listen to me. Not a sort of, like, I'm trying to do right by you, so think for yourself and, you know... You, does that make sense? It does, so let me ask you. So, I just wanted to get my piece out there for Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with him not taking the category. But do you think... And this is... I mean, I I'll, I will trust your opinion. Do you think Geppetto is above Sid or maybe Peppermint? Um, For me, I think that what he does as a character to further the themes of Lies of P is better than what Sid and Peppermint do. Uh, and even mm. Corsica to that, to, to that end, honestly, 
Um, I think in that way he's better, but I have to be honest with you, my heart in this category goes to Corsica. I immediately Whoa. fell in love with her. Like from a Whoa. Yeah, from a from a character design perspective, I just love the like shock of red or or maybe she's all red. No, it's, it's uh, just the hair and the jacket. Hair and shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I don't know what it was about her her specifically, but it just like the minute that she popped up on screen, I was like, I love her. Like, I yeah. think that she's the fucking the best. Like, I just think that she's the absolute fucking best thing about this game. I want to be friends with her. Um, I want to be her. <laughs> like, I just, I fell in love with her immediately. Um, so that's crazy. And I mean, I do like what she does because she's both there for a little bit. She's both bad guy and then eventually she becomes good guy. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. But um yeah. Is that kind of I, like I mean, a, a theme within this category, sort of? With the exception, I guess, oh, of Peppermint shit. and Sid. But even Sid, I guess, to an extent, he, like, I guess... That's crazy, yeah. Poses himself. Or, and, and then Harry from good guy to bad guy, whereas Corsica was a bad guy to good guy, or, you know, yeah. villain to... Huh. So, you would... Damn. That's crazy. So Corsica over Peppermint. I'm okay with that. I just did not see you going Corsica over Peppermint. Yeah, I love Peppermint also. Like, I think that she's a really awesome character. And I I think that I like her character more than I like Corsica's character. But I okay. 100% like her design over Peppermint's. So... You're making this hard on me. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the easy way out of this uh, is to go with Harry because I think that in a similar vein to Geppetto, he works for the themes that Spider-Man 2 is going for uh, and the stories. And you and Austin would would vote for that. Um, Damn, that's awesome. Okay, I did not see it going that way. Yeah, I just... uh, like. Hey, we're making up for the Game game Awards. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> so first award pity vote <laughs> first award is, <clears throat> it's not a pity vote nah no i think i think that austin definitely would have fought for harry a lot so i, I okay. and, and i'm okay yeah. with it because like i said i do think that he i do think that he furthers the narrative elements along um better than the other four yeah that's awesome. Okay, well, shit. I didn't expect that, cool. but that's cool. All right. Hell yeah. Well, Ha-ha. Uh, Ha-ha. let's move on to our next category, Wiener. Uh, best multiplayer and ongoing game. Oh, Last year's winner. I don't remember that shit winning. Apparently, last year, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 won. <laughs> it did. Do you want to... I remember very specifically why it won. It's because literally all three of us said that once it came out, we had not played anything other than it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Holy shit. And then we just fell off the face of the and, earth yep. with that. It was almost like January hit and we just stopped playing. Holy damn, dude. Okay. Uh, that is wild. 
Because I thought Dead by Daylight won last year, but I think that won the year before yeah, that, right? I think it did, yeah. Holy shit. Okay, well, back on the list this year for nominees, we got Dead by Daylight. Uh, the, the all-great Fortnite, Destiny 2, which I should have deleted off this list. The Finals, and... Oh, Honkai Star Rail. I forgot about that. Yeah, I I just put that on there because it is an ongoing game, and Justin it and is, and I forgot Austin about it. Uh, Jeff. Playing the shit out of it. So wasn't Jeff playing the shit out of probably. it? Probably. That's that's a Jeff game for sure. Would I just make that up? Yeah. Um, I think this that's is crazy. Easy one. Yeah, it's definitely Fortnite. It's Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we don't even have to argue about this. <laughs> nope. Uh. uh I'll say Destiny 2 started high for me this year with Lightfall. I know it didn't make a lot of people happy, but it made me really happy because um, I enjoyed the DLC. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed going to Neptune. Um, and I completed the that battle pass and probably the one after that with Sabrina, so we had a lot of playtime on that. But once we started playing Fortnite, and I guess like September or October, it was nothing else there for a long, long time. Yeah. And even now, we're still, if I'm not playing every day, I'm still checking the shop every day or something like that or looking at quests. So uh, that that was just me. I know for a fact Austin would have voted for that because yeah. we all played that shit religiously. Mm -hmm. And then look at you. Yep. Yep, I'm addicted to this shit. Uh, I actually have it pulled up right now. Like, I'm not playing it, but I, oh, I, I have no. the item shot pulled oh, up. No. Oh, fuck. Don't tell me. I'll go pull it up now. I'll, I'll do it with Sabrina later. But, uh, yeah, um, I, yeah. It's, it's Fortnite by a mile. Like, I nothing else. Well, that's not entirely true. Uh, like, let me... Okay, let me say my piece about uh, Dead by Daylight and the finals real quick. I'll start with the finals because I played the least yeah. of it. I did, too. Um... I didn't like this game when nope. I first downloaded it and played it because I was like, why is this move so slow? Why is it that the uh, like health pools for everybody is like, like the time to kill on it is obnoxiously long. And like, I, I enjoyed the destructibility, but like there were only two game modes and I was just like, okay, like I don't, I don't get it. And then I switched to playing as the the smaller character. I, I, I for, it's like small, medium, large. I forget what the names of them are. But I started playing as the small player, and it clicked for me. I was moving faster. I was getting used to using the abilities. I was swapping out my loadouts. Like, it started to come together in a way that, like... I don't know if you ever had this problem, but back in like 2010, 2011, somewhere around that time frame, I was playing Call of Duty with a bunch of people all the time. It was like the only game I played. I, we were on that that uh, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops 1. Like we were in those games every single fucking day. And we had this one friend who was like, dude, you really should give Battlefield a chance. You really should do this. You really should, you know, whatever. I ended up picking up Bad Company 2, and I was like, this is good, but it's not, you know, I don't like this more than I like Call of Duty. And then Battlefield 3 came out. And Battlefield 3, something like that, like, it just clicked for me. I don't yep. know what it was, but, like... Yep. Battlefield 3 was, it is, 
is what the evolved form of the finals was for me. Like once I finally got it, I got it. And that was like, I only wanted to play Battlefield 3 during that time. When I was playing the finals for that solid like week that I played it, it was the only game I wanted to play. Like I just, I had zoomed in on it. I had focused in. That's the kind of shit that I was doing. That's wild, man. So, um, I just didn't have that same kind of connection with it, but that's fucking awesome for you because I thought, because you, like, I remember the part where you're like, eh, not really for me. But then you hit me with that shock factor later when you were like, no, I played the shit out of it. I had to delete it off my PC. <laughs> I was like, that escalated. <laughs> I, I did. I had, like, I had it as, I actually, funny. <laughs> Funnily enough, I had deleted it and then I reinstalled it because I watched uh, I watched Skill Up's <laughs> review and I was like, maybe I'm just not getting it. And then yeah. I went through and like I like I said I switched to that smaller character and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. God so, damn, dude! But uh, I really think Honorable that, that game. Yeah, I I think that it has a bright future ahead of it. Uh, just like Fortnite. Just like Forknife. Uh, yep. And Dead by Daylight is uh, perennial for me. I play it. I, I actually have not played it since the winter event, which um, I... But they introduced Chuki. Yeah, they did. <clears throat> uh, they inter- introduced him. Alan Wake, to, or Alan Wake is coming to the game. Um, very, oh, yeah. Nick Cage came this yeah, year, didn't he? It was a year <laughs> of really, really great highs in terms of like the content... I, for lack of a better term, that was coming to the game. But the reason that it I, I didn't even remotely want to fight for it was that there was a point somewhere around, I want to <laughs> say like August or September, where like I... Uh, it was kind of a, a similar situation with Fortnite or the finals for me, where like even if I wasn't playing, I had it pulled up on my PC to have a game ready to go in case I wanted to, to do something. Yeah. And I was playing with Bryn close to every day. Like me and her were like on this shit. We were having like a total fucking blast. And then there was just this point where it felt like every single killer in the game that I came across was the biggest dickhead I had ever <laughs> fucking played against. Like, they just, every single one of them were using, like, these these awful perk combinations. They were tunneling. They were camping hooks. Like, it was... Yeah, I'd be done, dude. Awful, dude. It was the worst fucking experience. And I think it's maybe a testament to how much I really enjoy that game that I kind of kept coming back even after that. But... My playing time for that game has shifted significantly since that happened. I don't play it every day. I'm lucky if I play it once a week right now. Um, I still really think it's a really fucking great game. And I still really enjoy it when I'm playing. But there was a switch, like I said, in like August or September. Where I was like, I can't keep doing this. So... Yeah. I'm hoping for better days, but we'll see. Uh, when Alan Wake comes out. When Alan Wake comes out. Speaking of which. Speaking of which, our next category is Best Art Direction. 
Uh, last year's winner was Elden Ring, rightfully so. This year's nominees are Hi-Fi Rush, Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, Lies of P, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm going to say right now definitively that I want to cut Baldur's Gate 3. Um, in terms of, like, I'm not going to fight for it over any of the other ones. Uh, I'll say that. Fine. Yeah, I have no problems with that. Um, it's not that it's bad art direction. I actually think it's very good art direction. I love the art style. And I really like the varied nature of of how things fit together. Like, right now, I'm in the um the second act i think i don't i can't remember if it actually says whether or not i'm in the second act but like i got to the part where i can either go to the mountain pass or i can go to i can try to get the moonrise through yep. going through the underdark or whatever i'm in that area where i'm traveling to moonrise and like the colors and textures there are vastly different from the overworld, which are actually vastly different from the underdark, which like are presumably vastly different from what it's going to be like when I finally arrive at Baldur's Gate. Right. I think it looks very good, but over the rest of these, I would kick it out any day of the week. I think I'm with you. Um, so, Fuck, man. I hate it because I don't feel like I have any place to speak on Tears of the Kingdom. Um, yeah. It looks really good to me, but it also looks like the last one, but I don't want that to be a knock against it either. Yeah. Um, um, I am really... F- re- oh, damn, dude. I just realized I've played all three of those. I've played the f- all four of these, actually. Um, fuck. What's your number one choice for this, man? Because I think this one ultimately comes up to you. It's hard for me. Uh, I love yeah, the Saturday morning cartoon nature of Hi-Fi Rush, right? Like, yeah. It, it, but it's, at the end of the day, it's just cell shaded. Yeah, <laughs> just... yeah. That That's the thing that I think sucks about the Hi-Fi Rush argument over, like, any of the others. Is it, it kind of is just, like, almost like a Borderlands style, like, cell yeah. shading. But I love how you described it of like that Saturday morning yeah, vibe. Yeah, like it feels it. It looks like how I remember cartoons looking when I was growing up in the nineties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, feels like it too. Yeah. Um. Um. So I'm cool with cutting Hi-Fi Rush too. Okay. If you want to yeah, yeah. knock that I'm one. Kind of with that. Oh fuck! I wish Austin would have sent me some verbiage on Tears of the Kingdom, but. I really do think it comes down. Oh, fuck. All right. This is always the hard one for me. Yeah, this is a very hard one. Here's, okay, here's my here's my two arguments, or here's my argument for each of the other two that's not Tears of the Kingdom. Alan Wake 2 has a very realistic art direction. Like, the, the style, everything is, is very, like, realistic. And I don't normally say that that's what should win art direction because when you're going for realism, like what is your, your, what's the art? Exactly. But when I play that game and I think about the stuff that's going on with like Alan in the, in the city and you have like 
the puffs. Uh, like, it looks and feels like a 1970s New York City, like, trashy, like, it, taxi driver. Like, it, it looks like that to me. It looks like a 1970s New York City film, right? When you go to the other side of things, when you're playing a saga, that looks and feels like a production that would have happened in, like, like a Twin Peaks. Like, it feels not only real, but, like, it it looks like a movie set almost like it, like those things to me, like stand out. And like when you go and you look at the other, like there's a, there's a part later in the game where you're playing a saga and the sun is setting and it is just oranges and reds coming through these like blackened tree leaves where everything is almost silhouetted and it's gorgeous. And then when you mix in the live action elements with that, like I, I feel like it is, this is something I think I've said before. It feels like an art installation. It doesn't feel like a video game. Um, that's why I, I put it on the list. Lies of P is fucking rad, dude. The way that game. So that would have been my choice. Okay. Well, so Lies of P to me is, Bloodborne 2.0, but like everything down to like even just like the intricate designs of the puppets and how you can see like springs loaded and like how some of them are wood and some of them are metal. And like it's also got like this British kind of feel to it. Like I, I don't know. Gothic British. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so different and interesting and beautiful to look at. Um, I think, I mean, Lies of P was going to be my vote mm. because of the brief time I did spend with it. It is exactly what you just said. It's very atmospheric. Yes. And it kind of just feels like you're like, they do a good job at making you feel the environment and atmosphere. So if a game can do that, dude, they, they succeeded. Um, I hate to cut tears of the kingdom without hearing like hearing his full words on it but both you and i weren't fans of the game this year yeah i think it's obvious that it's not going to be our choice yeah i i think so too um and i i think that i'm okay with alan wake uh getting cut here beautiful game beautiful game and genuinely astoundingly beautiful game i'm it is so good i'm totally happy with with lies of p because it's not going to win many other awards, I don't think. (laughs) No. I mean, I I don't know why I said it like that. That was fucked up. (laughs) I don't know why I said it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Next one, biggest surprise. Last year's winner, which I now disagree with, is... (laughs) Pokemon (laughs) Scarlet and Violet. (laughs) Um, It's funny as shit how that game fell from grace in my eyes. Uh, what's the call? The honeymoon phase is over. Mm. Mm. Nominees this year: Lies of P, Street Fighter VI, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man Two, and the year of 2024 itself is making an appearance. Yeah. So okay, and I'm I gonna think that should win. <laughs> I'm going to say, I I put, God, I think I put all of these on here. <laughs> I what? 
you, I put Hi-Fi Rush. Okay, okay. All right. Here's my case for the year 2024. I didn't think it was going to be uh, a spectacular year for games, and it turned out to be an all-timer. Boom. Done. I think it's the number one. It's close. It's close. It's, it's... Yeah, it's hard. Uh, Spider-Man 2 I put on here, but not because it's positive, but because of negative. I really thought that that game was going to be really excellent and I was going to love it just as much as I loved 2018. That game has fallen so hard off my radar that, like, I think I had it at, like, number three. Or no, no, I had it at, like, number one at one point as my game of the year. I was just enjoying it that much. It is now down to number seven for me. I mean that's not bad. As, it's, no, it's it's play. definitely not bad, especially considering yeah, like you said, how many games I've played. But like, for a game and to it, be it, my it, game of the year at one, did point, you put it Street Fighter Six over that? Uh, did I put Street Fighter Six over Spider Man? Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I can you just <laughs> don't do that. Yes, Street Fighter Six is ahead of. Uh, I do not understand that one. I and love Street Fighter Six. I have it still installed, and I keep like every now and then I go back and I I play like a match or two, or like I don't understand. Not you, but like the overall distaste with Spider. I fucking don't understand it, and I swear to God, I'm going to go fucking start a new playthrough of it tonight, and I'm going to figure it out. Like I don't know what's happening with the world right now. And then again, like, I have to... Sabrina bought me Hogwarts Legacy on whatever the fuck. I'm PlayStation mm-hmm. 5, and I wasn't going to play it anytime soon. But I had a honeymoon phase with her last year, yeah. right? Like, I'm a, I, that's the franchise I grew up with. No, all controversies aside, like, that's the franchise I grew up with, and it was fine. And, I mean, it's not on my... It's, I don't think it's top five in my game of the year. Um, but when I was looking through the spreadsheet... <laughs> Jeff and, and uh, um, Tani's games, and I was looking through their genres, and Jeff's for Hogwarts Legacy in all caps is just trash. <laughs> and then Tani's games, it says action RPG, parentheses, garbage. <laughs> So we <laughs> we have very different opinions on that game, and I have got to go back through and play it with this mindset that it's just garbage to see if I uh, uh, <laughs> understand their level of frustration with it. But I I now have to do that with Spider Man as well because I don't know what my fucking game of the year last year was at this point. I that might be it, but. Oh my god! It just it cracks me up that two of those games fell. Well, Hogwarts never had any grace, but Spider Man did fall from grace from a lot of people. I'm not saying within our community, but just in general, from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I feel you on that. Um, I I don't <laughs> think it's bad. It's just. Uh yeah, I get it. I I don't, but I I yeah just. Uh, honestly, man, I'm okay. See, I put Hi-Fi Rush on here as big a surprise mm-hmm. because I, I didn't know the fucking game was coming out. Yeah, yeah, same. No one did. It literally came out of nowhere, and it, like, won our hearts immediately. Blew, blew to the point where it's still 
never mind. But it's really fucking good, and it was lasting. And now, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's coming out on different consoles for more people to play. Yeah. So that's fucking cool. Um, but then this year for you, Lies of P. Yeah, so here's here's my argument actually against Lies of P. Uh, huh? Not, not that it wasn't a, a huge surprise for me, because it it was but here's my here's my argument i was excited for that game and i i kind of somehow knew that it was going to be good i think where the surprise comes in is i didn't know it was going to be this good where it was going to be my favorite fucking soul yeah, you, you know fucking, I mean? how many playthroughs did you have uh, on it? i think i beat it three times okay that's a lot yeah <laughs> that means you really <laughs> like the game <laughs> yeah i really 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 fucking loved it um the, like I said, the only the only reason that I think that it shouldn't win over High Fry Rush or Street Fighter Six is because I was excited about it, and then it just overwhelmed exceeded my, expectations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it exceeded my it exceeded my lofty expectations, which were like like that in and of itself is an achievement. But that's true because didn't you play the demo? Yeah, yeah. So then it just went above and beyond that. Yeah. Yep, I did not know that that game was going to be that fucking good. I really didn't. Damn, dude. Um, so let me ask you this: It's not on the list right now, but I have to ask you, Whoa Long. I that honestly probably could be on biggest surprise because that's a that's very much one of those games like you and I. I think are in agreement on this. We're not big fans of Neo, right? Like no. the the two Neo games. Um, Absolutely not. And I had never really actually outside of watching videos i've never interacted with the sekiro at all um good. well never mind it's not good but i don't know what that was that was uh that was from my subconscious dude i just immediately <laughs> said that um i loved wolong uh in fact it is inside my top 10 right now um <laughs> is it above spider-man I can't. Don't just don't. I, can't I know. Definitively just, say it's fine. Yes or no. Yeah. Go. Yes, it is. I'm gonna kill myself <laughs> on the game of the year episode, dude. It is not gonna. Well, that's gonna be dark. Anyway. Anyway. What I'm hearing is 2024 is a great year. Yeah, I think that that's probably actually probably the best uh, place to land on this as a collective, because I think Street Fighter Six for me gets it here because did you you didn't play street fighter 5 did you uh not 5 but 4 okay so 5 was an absolute fucking shit show it launched yeah. with like six fighters like two stages there was no arcade mode there was no like story mode there was like that game launched in the most bare bones of states and it eventually came back to be a like a pretty good game but like the disappointment for from that game for me and knowing that like yeah capcom had kind of been on the comeback but like they had been on the comeback with resident evil and monster hunter and like having something like this that had been in gestation for so long it didn't feel like it was going to be something that like was going to blow my fucking socks off and then i played it and i was like holy shit dude this is really really good like, this is, like, a top-tier fighting game, 
like not not Street Fighter Two, maybe not even Street Fighter Three, but like it's at least as good as Street Fighter Four, and it's at least as good as like the best Mortal Kombat's. Like I really fucking like Street Fighter Six. Um, <laughs> it's. My leg was bouncing so hard, and you said it's at least as good as the best Mortal Kombat. So my leg stopped bouncing, and I started doing some math real quick. I don't have an argument against it. I'm just like, is that true? I I but I think I it think is. It it's is. a really good game, dude. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I think as a collective, I think it's probably a good place to go. Yeah, and that's not a cop out answer. Like 2024 blew all of us away. Yeah, I, goddamn, dude, what a year! What a fucking yeah. year! Good for us. Good for us. Uh, good for everybody. Um, yeah. <clears throat> all right. So let's see. You read that one. So next category is best level slash world design. Uh, last year's winner was Elden Ring. And our nominees this year are uh, Spider-Man 2, Lies of P. Diablo 4, Street Fighter 6, and Baldur's Gate 3. Um, mm. I'm fine with Spider-Man not getting it. I put it on there because that was my choice. Okay. I'm um it's but it's fucking New York. Yeah. Um, which is great because it's literally New York. Yep. Like I visit Justin's office all the time. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yep, his and, and his Skyrise apartment. Paint his fucking window with wet um, but the, uh, they did make new york a lot more expansive and fun to navigate though so great for them yeah yeah um and i'm also Diablo okay with four is austin's choice okay i was gonna say i'm also fine with losing street fighter six um the level designs in that are cool but like they're yes. mostly Very fighting pretty. stages and the yeah. open world stuff is cool and very pretty, but it do, I don't think it holds the candle to the other three, in in my opinion. All right, so snuffed out candle on Spider-Man and Street Fighter. All right. Diablo 4 and was then, Austin's choice, you said? I th- think. I might have put it on here. Okay. Did I put it on here? I don't remember. I put Spider-Man, so I don't remember if I put that or not, but it would have been his choice. Um, I think he would have probably thrown armored core in here as well if i had to guess yeah probably um so just honorable mentions for him on that but diablo 4 was i did not finish the game but what i played was exceptionally um crafted like i loved every bit of it it looked i mean it's all gothic and macabre right but each new area that i went made me feel like the sense of exploration like i wanted to explore everything even though I was literally exploring torture chambers and, you know, the worst of the worst. It was awesome to see how intricately crafted it is. And um, I don't know, it kind of had that. I'm I'm not comparing it to Bloodborne, but it, it had that feel of atmosphere, mm-hmm. I think, like we were saying with yep. uh, Liza P. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, that's my argument for Liza P is it's got that same sort of intricate level design that the mm. best of from software games have at any given point. Yeah. Um, it's um, the only knock I think I have against it is that um, it's not as I think 
open to interpretation as the FromSoft games. It's kind of mostly a linear path, but like it's dolled up in such a way that like it feels. Uh, I see what you did. <laughs> dolled. I didn't even fucking think of that. Thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 dolled up in such a way that. Um, like you'd never notice that it's a linear path. Does that make sense? It does. Um, yeah. And we got BG three. And then we got BG three, which I, I said in the art direction, every every single like little place that you visit just feels vastly different than what came before it. Like even just in like the span of like this druid settlement, and then the little. Uh, like township or, or whatever you want to call it, like right next to it. That's, you know, it's only four buildings and it's all burning down, but like it, that just feels very different than, than the, the Druid enclave. You know what I mean? Um, I think the level design in that game is fucking off the charts. And then like, I'll be straight up. Like as soon as act two opens up the next two to three places you go are again, vastly different yep. from one another. And, it's really hard. This one's actually really, really hard because I don't know if, uh, how are you leaning on this one? Because like everything that you said about Baldur's Gate is true. Um, I don't feel personally like it has the same atmosphere of Liza P or Diablo four. Yeah. I, that I do agree with. At least it hasn't, so, it hasn't come across like that for me yet. Um, yeah, uh, and I didn't, I'm going to be honest, like, I didn't feel it even in Act 2, and maybe that's a me thing, but maybe it's also how the game is played, like, I just didn't have that sense of necessarily being there, like I did with Lies of P and Diablo. Um, I just felt like I was controlling my avatar, if that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it doesn't. No, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Like, it, there's, it, yeah, there's, there's like a layer of abstraction there where, like, you're like, I know that I'm playing a video game. Whereas, like, when you play Diablo 4 or Lies of P, like, you're in it. Like, yeah, yeah. truly. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the, a level of immersion is not there because I think it definitely is because it's a fucking role-playing game. Um, but... Between the two of Liza P and Diablo Four, I st- I have to still give it to Liza P. Yeah, I I haven't played Diablo Four. That's the only thing. Like, I can't say anything about it other than it looked and pretty I haven't at the finished things it. that I looked at. <laughs> yeah, I haven't finished it, but I know it doesn't just drop off after where I've been, but. I genuinely, genuinely think it it could go toe to toe with Lies of P in terms of just the world design, um, and just that feeling of like it gives you a, a sense of wonder of like what's to come, but you also have like this macabre cloud hanging over your head the whole time. Yeah, um, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, um, Lies of P. Lies of P. Okay. All right, best boss fight last year's winner we had margit from elden ring so these are going to be some big shoes to fill yeah um literally well margit didn't wear shoes i don't think 
Um, just had kind of little little feats. Uh, this year's nominees, we have Titan from Final Fantasy 16, Craven from Spider-Man 2, uh, Baltus <laughs> from Armored Core <laughs> 6. I hope I pronounced that right, Austin. Um, Nameless Puppet from Lies of P, and Ebus from Armored Core 6. Um, I'm going to say that I think the first thing that should be cut is ebus from armored core 6 because that my only argument there is because austin sent us a couple of those videos and um i i don't know how they play so like i can't definitively say but what i can say is that he had baltus balthouse he had yeah. that one on the list um before okay i see what you're saying before we did anything else so like i would think that that would be his his first choice okay um which one is nameless puppet nameless puppet is actually an optional boss fight uh at the end of the game he's like a kind of like secret final boss um oh that's cool oh that's cool yeah so my argument for that is not necessarily the same argument I had for market, uh, but kind of the, I guess, opposite of that in that market was a, was a game or was a, was a kind of like, here's everything you're going to need to know to experience this video game type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, uh, the nameless puppet is a sort of like you did all of these things. Now put it all to the test. Mm, it's the master class. Yeah. It's it's the this is the soul essentially of orphan of Coast from oh soul of cinder as well yeah or orphan from uh um bloodborne yeah yeah it's it's all of those Damn. things. That's scary because orphan's the scariest fucking boss fight I think I've ever done. I am so glad that I have never played the DLC for Bloodborne because yeah, I don't want to good. do that. <laughs> it's not good. Um, um, I That's kind of cool. What is? Kind of the because I think how you described it fits perfectly. Like how Margaret sets you up for success for the rest of the game. This is like, this is your, uh, you know, this is the master class. This is... Um, the nameless puppet saying, Hey, you've made it this far. You've learned X, Y, and Z. Now show me how to use it. Yep. I think that's fucking awesome that games do that because Craven was obviously my choice. And I think so for me, Craven was led up through this entire, and we all know Craven, like not from shitty Sony movies, but from comics and, uh, you know, animated series and just all this stuff. Craven is a fucking badass. And even in the game, like, stabs Peter right off the fucking get-go when they finally have their meet meeting. Um, he is not to be fucked with. He's a monstrosity. He killed how many other villains in this game off-screen? Like, he is a hunter, and he will wreck your shit. And his biggest thing is that, I mean, he's dying. He has cancer. He's going out. But he doesn't want to go out like that. He's going to make death earn him. And he did. I mean, he fought Peter. He fought everyone. And ultimately, the last boss fight is fucking you 
as Venom. Think like you have to be Venom to take on Craven, and it's a fucking awesome boss fight. And you're, I think you're at Times Square, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just like the coolest spectacle. Craven came to New York for the fight of his literal life, and the stage that he has it on is Time Times Square, and how it all culminates there at the end, like. You beat him, and what happens happens, and that shit is rad how it did happen. I'll say that, but um, I just think he, like, even more so than fighting Venom at the end, like, Craven was what you were playing that game for to me. Yeah. Um, and oh, it was so much fun just getting to tear through that city as Venom and ultimately fight there in Times Square with him. Yeah, I... I think that that's the best fight in Spider-Man 2. Um, yeah. I like some of the other fights, um, but I, I agree with you. I think that that's the, that's the best one. Or, or at the very least, it's the best one for a Spider-Man game, you know? Um, yeah. Like, I, like, it feels a, like it culminates the game appropriately. Um, and I think that it, like... In a kind of similar manner to, to uh, like, Margaret, it kind of teaches you what you're gonna have to go through as, um, uh, as the Venom type of thing. Like, it teaches you yeah. what the mechanics are for Venom, um, which is what you'll have to do for the rest of the game, really. Um, who's the oh Titan? Titan. Titan's just fucking cool, dude. Like, (laughs) I I don't even, like, have a a really, like, good, legitimate argument other than, like, I was playing that fucking boss fight and just, like, having the absolute time of my life doing it. Like, I thought it was so fucking good and so fun. Like, it was just, I I don't know. I was having an absolute blast. That's the, the best part of Final Fantasy 16, in my opinion, is that boss fight against Titan. I think that that boss fight is exceptional. It's uh w- one of the things that like the the um uh what what's the word that I'm looking for? One of the things about those boss fights in particular is that they the, the sorry sorry i'm getting ahead of myself the um uh icon fights there we go that's the word i was looking for um those fights are purely spectacle there's not a whole lot of like yeah. tacticality to them i'm not going in expecting like a souls level fight i'm going into like see fucking explosions and shit it's like a really good action movie and the way that like the uh, the producer described them as like gigantic wrestling matches, I think fits so perfectly for what they were going for, and just nail the the sort of tone that that needed to be nailed. If that makes any sense, um, yeah. And I think I think like I said, I think the Titans the best version of that. Like I I think the Titan fights fucking rad. Um, so with that being said, I mean, we're so I'm in agreement with cutting um, 
um, Ebus because when his when I did watch his list, I did watch the. I wish I knew how to pronounce the name Baltaus. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, don't hate us, Austin. Um, I I know. Please forgive me, Austin. But I'm going to say this because I did play Armor Core, and I played. Like I said, I did not come away liking the game. I unfortunately didn't have anything positive to say about it. So therefore, my mouth stays shut. But what I can say, game is fucking hard. It is not easy. This is. I don't know what I expected going into this, especially it being a FromSoft game. To me, this game was not easy. Um, and I was just frustrated with it, and I was frustrated because of some of the boss fights. Not some of, one of. I didn't, I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. And it's not one of those games where I wanted to pick it up and come back either. I was just done. Um, I watched the Baltaus fight when he sent that to us. It looks that fucking shit, cool as shit, dude. It looks awesome. And I, I, I will say, like, it looks... Like a better arena than what I was doing. I don't know which boss I fought, but I didn't like it. Didn't like the arena. But I like this one. But there's so much shit going on that I can't imagine. I wish he was here to tell me his story of this. Because it looked like I would have broken a controller. If I'm being real. Um, he said that the ones... Like the people who playing in the video that he sent us were super good at the game so not to use that as an accurate representation of anything but even still you can tell how much of a pain in the ass that is and i wish i could hear his story of how much of trials and tribulations he had to go through essentially yeah because i'm sure um, that like austin is good at, at, at hard games he's not justin um <laughs> <laughs> uh but I do I do know that he has gotten very frustrated with shit like Elden Ring. So, like, yeah. to know that he, like, had the ability to play that and beat it and have it be, like, one of his best boss fights of the, of the year, like, it, it says something, I think. It does. And I, I will say again, these games, like, these boss fights were not easy. And that's coming from someone who's beaten all the games that we have talked about, you know, earlier in this episode. So for me, I think in terms of difficulty, not necessarily spectacle, I think it has to go high. Yeah. And I'm almost okay. Because when we think, I don't, there's so much to think about when you think of a boss fight. But for me, what are the bosses in the games? And that to me is, it's a teacher or it's the test. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think Craven was great at that, but Balt Baltaus, I think, would have to go higher than Craven for me just for the difficulty alone. And that's where I'm also putting Nameless Puppet ahead of all of these as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. I, I agree with that. Uh, like, I think my heart says Titan because I had so much fun with that. But I know that it's probably mechanically the least interesting of all of the fights there. Oh, yeah, it's true. Because um, it's more of like a, like you said, it's a spectacle. It's there's not really challenge to it, and that's something I picked up on too. But like even seeing the fuck, I didn't get to take part in the fight. I watched it happen, but it, I think was like one of the opening things with Odin and Bahamut or something. Uh, right? Yeah, there's That's a there's a right. um, like a cut scene 
near the yeah. beginning of the game where you see uh, Odin and Bahamut going at it, yeah. That shit was fucking awesome. So I can only imagine the Titan fight and everything that comes after that. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting, for sure. Um, there's some really, really fun... Like, I think, honest to God, I think the best thing about Final Fantasy sixteen are the boss fights. I don't think that all of them are exceptional in the way that Bahamut or not Bahamut um, Titan is, but uh, I do think that there are a lot of really, really strong boss fights and those are what kept me playing the game, I think. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think all, I think this list is a testament just, just to how good last year truly was. I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, I think it comes. I think what you said is right. I think it comes down to Nameless Puppet and Liza P. I think. I think just looking at it, I would need to play it. But I, I think that knowing that Austin put Baltus on or Balthouse or however you say it on the list at all when he he honestly like he put things in the categories but he didn't feel very strongly about any of them i don't think except for this one yeah he sent me he sent us that video within like two minutes of me asking for videos last night so i think that that's i i think that's a good place to put it yeah and maybe he can talk a little about it on the next show that we do that he's here on yes because i'm i'm very curious but yeah, so Baltaus, my God, I hope that's it. <laughs> Armored Core Six, our winner. Uh, Wiener. All right, best music is our next category, and the winner of last year's was Neon White. This year we had Final Fantasy so. Sixteen. What? What did you say? I said rightfully oh, so. Yeah. Right, definitely rightfully so. The music in that game was rad. Um, that was awesome. The nominees this year are Final Fantasy 16, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Baldur's Gate 3. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the more I've listened to Baldur's Gate 3's music, the more I've enjoyed it, but it doesn't have the immediate I think stickiness that some of these other ones do um, I think it's more of a I don't want to say slow burn because that's really not the correct word for it but I think it's more of a um, you need to soak it in That that's probably a better way to, to phrase what I'm trying to say um Lies of P for me, I really just kind of loved that music. It's got a very, I don't want to say classical feel to it, but like there were definitely like standout like tracks for me that I was like, oh, okay, this is good. I like this. I'm, I'm into this. And then there were like, there was a section of the game where I, I don't know how to really describe the part that I was at, but like 
there was a section of the game where there was this uh, song playing that was from a um, it was from a uh, like I guess just a singer uh, maybe it was like an opera singer but like it was just a song and I had that song stuck in my head for like days and days and days dude like it was i was enjoying the actual like piss out of it um so i mean i i think for that reason it gets on here for me um but um i don't know it it, it's a it's a tough choice i think all the way around no matter which way i slice it um because i mean we both played hi-fi rush and that game's music's fucking rad we did but believe it or not that's not my choice (laughs) really it's actually one that i didn't put on here that you put on here oh you know i did not i did not finish it i did not beat it i did not make it far did you know i played sea of stars this year no i did not that soundtrack is fucking it's great, so dude. Good, dude. It's so good. It is amazing. And I have listened to that soundtrack without even having to play a lot of the game. I really didn't. I put that uh, as one of my soundtracks from games to listen to this oh, year. It's, damn. it's so incredible. It's magical. That is the word for it. That's wild. And it me. takes me back. Yes, that was my choice. Oh, shit. Okay. Um... All right, well, t- since since we're t- talking about choices, mine is Final Fantasy 16. Like, everything I said about the boss fights being the best part of that game, like, the music in that game is, like, right next to it, dude. I, yeah. on the Spotify, or not Spotify, on the Apple Music, like, I guess, sampler for the soundtrack, because um, they didn't have the full soundtrack for some reason. Um, I had that shit on repeat for like a solid month after that game came out or maybe not even after it came out it might have dropped before the game did um i just listened to it constantly like it was always playing um and that game's music goes hard like i i don't know any other way to put it um yeah um, so, so, so I'm okay with your, you being the deciding choice here. I will say I wish people, I love the Stardew Valley soundtrack and this, I'm not saying this Sea of Stars soundtrack is exactly like that, but there are some songs on here that hit a lot like the Stardew soundtrack does for me. Like mm-hmm. there's a song called on the uh, Sea of Stars soundtrack on the first part. There's a couple it's called A Day at the Lake, and I honestly thought when that song came on, I was listening to my Stardew soundtrack. Oh. Like, it almost sounds exactly like it. Um, and I, I just think that's probably why I like this soundtrack so much is because it's kind of reminiscent of that, but new. Um, and I listened to the whole fucking thing, dude. Like, on the disc, like the part one of the disc, there's, have you seen how many songs? No. Like on Spotify, it's a shit ton. So it's like a whole playlist that never runs out, and it's awesome. But, um, 
yeah, yeah, fantastic soundtrack. But I'm okay with you being the deciding factor here because I don't care. Um, well, all great music. In the sense of wanting this to be a group uh, thing, I actually like looking at this. I if I had to rank them. I would probably go Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, uh, Sea of Stars in that order. Uh, it's all very, very close. So, like, it's it's mm. hard for me to say that is the definitive, like, list. Because I'm sure that I'd probably change my mind tomorrow. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but like, given, given that and that, like... You know, it it is a, a a group choice. I I feel perfectly fine with giving it to Sea of Stars because it's not like Sea of Stars Hell doesn't yeah. deserve it. That's awesome, dude. That's I'm so glad that that won because that soundtrack makes me really happy. Yeah, and it helps that it's fucking real good. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah, dude. Awesome. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes cool, me happy. Cool, cool, cool. I'm happy with that um i have to ask so next category and i'll read it real quick biggest shit show last year's winner was 343's continued mishandling of halo infinite and this year's nominees are the pokemon scarlet and violet dlc hidden treasures of area zero that was austin's choice um playstation upping subscription prices with no fucking benefit to consumers whatsoever that was one of mine um, industry-wide layoffs, which was Josh's. I put Atomic Heart on here as a joke. I'm going to probably take that off, but that was not a that was not a fun time. Did you put Overwatch on here? I did. Uh, and do you want to know what's funny? What I I was we were on like biggest surprise or whatever, and I was and I was just being facetious in my head. It was like, oh, you know what a surprise to me was that I don't fucking care about Overwatch anymore. So I scroll. I was going to go put that on the on the biggest shit show but i was like nah it came out in 2022 i'm not gonna worry about it and then it's fucking here but it is a giant shit show yeah. so i'm glad you put that on here yeah he, so th- my my argument for overwatch 2 being on here is that it came out in a broken state in 2022 right like it came out and it was just busted which is and they're making it fucking worse th- that yeah that's why it's on here that that's why it's on here they're making it worse they're adding auto healing <laughs> Why are they doing that? Dude, I'm so mad. What dude. about the I'm, fact that they promised a uh, a co-op like campaign yeah, mode and then just scrapped yeah. it? Like, sir, fucking idiots, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, um, it's definitely my biggest hate. Well, I don't even know if I care about the shit anymore. I have Fortnite, dude. I, I'm just, oh, um, I will say. What did I put on here? Oh, yeah, PlayStation. Dude, what the fuck are you all doing? Why did you change your <laughs> subscription shit with nothing, no fucking benefits at all? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, Atomic Heart, why are you giving me sex robots that fucking rape me? I didn't appreciate that. Please stop. <laughs> Oh, Austin's choice. This fucking Pokemon DLC is a waste of time. Don't goddamn buy it. Yeah. The Overwatch thing made me more angry than I need to be. I need to settle down. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I don't know what the biggest shit show was, dude. All of these make me mad. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, the industry-wide layoffs are pretty fucking terrible, dude, and they keep coming. Like, yeah. even, I think I saw, I know it's not, I mean, it is and it isn't, but even Unity is going to start laying people off. I just read that, too. Yeah. Uh, it sucks, man. I think, I mean, if we're looking at, like, genuinely terrible things, like that's probably one of them, dude. I mean, I think that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember if we had said this or not. I feel like I remember us talking about it, uh, maybe last year or the year before, where I think the spirit of the ward is supposed to be, like, a fun thing, and, and giving it something like that is maybe not wrong but i do agree with you i think that that's like if if like all of these taken together i think that's easily the biggest shit show like how in the world are these gigantic companies like bungee like bungee for instance <laughs> how are you guys laying people off while also recording kind of like record profits you know what i mean yeah like the yeah. video game business, according to something that Justin had sent just the other day, is has overtaken movies as like the biggest, like m most profitable thing with regards to uh, entertainment. Right? Like it had the biggest market share or something like that. I I I need to look at the the thing he sent again. But like, I mean. How in the world are you guys the biggest entertainment product and you're laying off people? How does, like, how? How does that work, dude? I don't know. That That is the kind of, like, uh, I mean, I think that the stuff with, with, um, uh, fuck, um, I completely lost my train of thought. I, I, I don't know what I was saying. I I was there. I lost then... mine too. I was sitting here trying to make sure that I don't have anything else that's a bigger shit show than these, but I really don't. And, like, if if it was, if this was a non-serious award, then I'd... Ooh, I think Overwatch 2 might do it because I'm, like, recently mad over that shit, but then I never got over the fact that the Pokemon DLC was a waste of fucking $30. <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. Industry wide list. I'm so glad that I didn't fucking buy the DLC. No, it's a waste. <laughs> it's a fucking waste, dude. What? Nope. Nope. I'm uh... calm. I'm fine. It is over. Okay. It is over. I wish Austin was here to bitch about it because it was bad. Yeah. <sighs> okay, uh, so we want to give it to industry-wide layoffs? Industry-wide layoffs. Biggest shit show. Gaming industry, do better. Please do better. For the sake of the people we love, which are our game developers or software developers, please do better. Please, please do better. Fucking idiots. God. Fucking idiots. Okay. Alright, well, um, we're down to our final three categories. Final three cats. Best narrative is the next one on our list. And the winner last year was Citizen Sleeper. Uh, felt very strongly about that. Um, this year, our nominees are Spider-Man 2, Lies of P, Alan Wake 2, 
Baldur's Gate 3, and Season, A Letter to the Future. Um, I think immediately I would take off Baldur's Gate 3. Can I just say something? Okay, go ahead. I'm 100% okay with the one that we both know should win, winning. There's not even a question in my mind. Okay. All right. If if we're going the route that I think that we're going, then I am in agreement. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even I'm not even going to argue it. I don't care what was on this list for the little bit that I played. It is not even a fucking question. Okay. Um all right. Even more so than Spider-Man. So, in that case, my argument against Baldur's Gate 3 is I don't think any of us have finished it, so we don't know how it, how it ends. <laughs> I'm having an absolute blast playing what I'm playing, but like uh, I'm playing it more as like a series of adventures as opposed to an overarching narrative. And like I'm enjoying it, but I'm not finished, and I don't know what the rest of the story holds. Um. Lies of P, I think would be the maybe the next one I would cut only because I don't think that it re- resonated with me quite as emotionally as season a letter to the future did because uh, that game's real real sad. Um, but Lies of P, I loved all the thematic elements that were going on in it. Um, just a lot of stuff about what it means to be a human. Um, like just there's a bunch of stuff about grief in there and loss. Uh, it's, it's real good, uh, real, real good. And it's, it's in a very similar way. I feel the same way about it as I did Elden Ring where it's, it's still obtuse enough to where it's kind of like, okay, like you've got some, some room that you can work around in there, but it's also like, like how I felt like Elden Ring was like the first FromSoft game I played where it had an actual story. Um, it's because it was direct and it had like like a like a, I don't know a, a narrative, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Liza P feels yeah. like that to me. Like where it's it's again it's broad enough to where it can have like those little intricacies that people want to dig into, but it's also very straightforward in what it's trying to accomplish. Um, season of the letter to the future. Uh, it's a story about the apocalypse and it's very sad. And it, uh, brings up a lot of thematic elements about memory and about passing things on. Um, it was, I got very sad almost from the beginning of that game. Uh, it's a very sad game. It's a very somber game. Um, it's really, really beautiful. Uh, really good stuff. Um, but I'm also in favor of it going here. Um, do you want to say anything about Spider-Man 2? Because I think we all know what's going to win. Um, I think... I know a lot of people... So as, as compared to Spider-Man 1, I think the story definitely takes a different turn. I don't think there's any, like, so spoilers for Spider-Man 1, Jesus Christ, but I don't think there are any points in the game that hit as hard as losing Aunt May or seeing the final moments leading up to Peter and, you know, Otto 
splitting. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything in Spider-Man 2 that hits on that level. But I think what it does do is... I mean, you kind of said it about... I think you said it about Lies of P. What it does to me is it really humanizes a story. And... I think a lot of people said this was Peter's game, and I disagree because I think it was Miles. Because even though a lot of the game was spent in our hands playing as Peter the whole time, I guarantee we were all thinking the same fucking thing, and it was, what about Miles in all of this? Yeah. Because Peter was kind of treating Miles like a dick the whole time, and I think this was a really... and Maybe unintentional. I don't want to say Peter was being an intentional dick, but we all know him throughout a lot of his stories it can be kind of oblivious sometimes um i think this was a great story to show a lot of what i was talking about at the start of this show with uh peter and harry's friendship blossoming peter essentially getting his best friend back um we're seeing the recovery of losing may and everything that peter has had to inherit and go through like even as far as looking at the mortgage for aunt may's house um just seeing kind of a chaotic life he lives and i think that what we see more than anything is that there's not just one spider-man like miles is consistently saving peter in this this is his story just as much as it is Peter's. And it's, while we got that in Miles Morales, I think it really goes above and beyond here because, like, I think it sets up for Peter to kind of take a break for a little bit. And it we really got to take a look at who Miles is as a person, what he stands for, and, like, hey, this kid's a fucking swinger, dude. Like, he can go toe-to-toe with the best of them. He can go toe-to-toe with symbiote Peter. Um, that's not easy. He can go toe-to-toe with Venom. Craven. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, Miles is Spider-Man. And I think this this uh, this game really exemplified that more so than Miles Morales did. Um, and I think that it showed Peter's faults as a human more so than we had ever seen before. Um, as, just in particular, Spider-Man 1, I should say. Um, so, I think it's great in every way, shape, and form. And I'll talk about it in our Game of the Year episode. But I played Alan Wake for, like, five hours. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe more. And I have never experienced something like that. And I'm not going to do the disservice of talking about it right now. I'm going to let you do that. But that little bit of gameplay that I had with Alan Wake blew me away. I've never played a game like that in my life. So, let me let me say this real quick. Um, as much as I know that it is going to pain people when it comes to Game of the Year and I shit on Spider-Man, I think the absolute best thing about Spider-Man 2 is its story. And I do think that the people who are talking about Miles not being included as much uh, don't get it. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but, like, Agreed. it's... That's part of the point. Like, that's part of the thing. You're supposed to be mad at Peter for forgetting Miles. Yes! I don't don't understand how people, like, didn't understand that, like, you don't play as him as much. You don't interact with him as much. And that's the point. Like, 
you're I'm sitting here like fist like banging the desk. You are right. That's the fucking point. There there was a divide this game and we felt it. Yeah. You felt something from a fucking video game and that's exactly what you were supposed to feel and you're complaining yeah. about it. That's like saying the actor for Joffrey Baratheon is a little shithead. No, he's not. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's a great actor even. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You 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 what's the word? You did something I, to me. You validated yes, me. Yes, I validated you. And I redeemed myself for hating Spider-Man? Yes. Question mark? Uh, we'll talk <laughs> next episode. Um, okay. Alan Wake 2 is, I think, easily the most ambitious game I have ever played in my entire life. Um, I'm not trying to, like, diminish anything else that I played this year. But, like, in terms of wanting to tell a story and wanting to present the themes that you're trying to present in a way that is different than pretty much everything else that has come, like, before it, I, I genuinely don't know that I've ever played a game better than Alan Wake 2 in that regards. It is easily the most original game in the last i don't know 20 years like i i not again i'm not trying to be hyperbolic about this shit i just i can't personally think of another game that has this level of attention to detail and interesting things to say like i there's just I just want to interject real quick because people are going to throw a fit when we say attention to detail. I'm not talking 50,000 lines of dialogue and infinite choices in Baldur's Gate 3. I'm saying there is no game that I have ever like exactly what you just said. I've ever played that is like Alan Wake to there's just finite minuscule details and a story that just doesn't stop and it's like you're fucking watching a movie and playing a video game and watching a fucking music video all at the same time while taking acid it is a great game i'll shut up yeah yeah and i i you nailed it i a part of the part of the thing about like narrative is like you can have ambitious narratives you can have shitty narratives and it it, it comes down to whether or not it's pulled off good and like for me again I've never played another game like Alan Wake. I just, I haven't. Like, there's so much going on at any given point that it is literally impossible to kind of, like, talk about without me having, like, a grin on my face. Like, it's just... Yep. It's what Elden Ring did last year with how, like, intricately well it was designed and how it kind of elevated the gaming world, this game did the same fucking thing this year. Like, this should... Everyone's talking how Baldur's Gate 3 should be the pinnacle of game design. I disagree. I think it should be Alan Wake 2. Yeah, I... For me, like, we don't have it as a... as a... as a category on here, but, like, if we did, I don't think that I could, in good conscience, put another game on here for game direction, because... It's what you said. The game had a... It had a... Uh, like, 
it had something that it wanted to say and it said it and it did it in a way that like was wholly unique and original to it. Like there's not another game that is like Alan Wake two. There just isn't. And like when you're able to execute on a vision like that, it's kind of, kind of fucking insane. You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, one thing that I will say, I like. I'm I'm glad that we're we're here and we're talking about it and we're we're giving it the the credit that I think that it fully deserves. But there is something that I will say. I think that it speaks to me very specifically as a creative person, um, and I don't think that it will necessarily speak to everyone the same exact way that it spoke to me. Um, because of that. I could see why people would be upset with us and giving away this award to it. But like, I need people to understand that. Like, I think that the things that it's talking about are universal in a lot of ways in not just like artic, like an artistic sense, but in like the game is very much about like doubt and about like, 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 the process of creation, like not just art, but like creating anything. It's very much like that sort of thing. And I think that it deserves more of a look than just, Oh, it's, it's for artsy fartsy people. It's for creative people. Like, no, it has a lot of stuff going on for it. Um, I think it's great. I think it's excellent. I, We'll get into game of the year talk next week, <laughs> yep. or next episode, I should say. Yeah, next episode. Um. <clears throat> all right. Well, Alan Wake Two, it is. Uh, yep. So we're down to our final. Uh, final two. Final two. Um, our category, our upcoming category is. Oh, you you take this one. Uh, this category is going to be best lead character. So last year we had the one or Marissa Marcel from Immortality winning. And this year we have Bassam from Assassin's Creed Mirage, Alan Wake from Alan Wake 2, Clive Rosfield from Final Fantasy 16, Miles Morales from Spider-Man 2, and Carlock from Baldur's Gate 3. I just spoke my piece on Miles Morales. I think that he is my lead character of the year for everything that I just said in terms of him. Like, I feel like this was his game. I feel like this was the game for him to stand out, be the bigger, better, better Spider-Man, and also be the better person. Um, I think that this he he grew so much in this game for himself, for Peter, for his mother, for his community, for his friends. Like, this was such a really great game to just showcase Miles as a person and as Spider-Man all together, I think it was the perfect package for him. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, um, yeah, everything you said there's right. Like, I think that like for me personally, um, I think that he is the standout of, of the narrative. I don't know that like, I don't know that he's like my favorite character and I don't think that his, his journey 
in this game in particular speak spoke to me in the same way that say like his journey in um uh the spider-verse movies did oh yeah um but i will say that i i do think that a lot of people slept on his character i i i don't think that he's as bad as everyone said he was and i think that he is uh like very similar to what you said is the standout and i'm gonna say the hottest fucking take and you can all fucking stuff it that last suit that he gets is fucking awesome shut your mouths fuck you all fuck you all um okay as much yeah these are all you oh wait Bassam's mine too oops oops <laughs> oops um, okay tell me a little bit about Bassam so I was first introduced to Bassam in Valhalla and it was weird because it, I mean it kind of followed the suit of the past two games, but I was looking at the order the I'm sorry the Brotherhood from an outside point of view. I was looking from Avor, and I was kind of learning through Avor who Bassam was. Um, not going to spoil anything because I highly recommend. I don't fucking care if you play Valhalla, but you I highly recommend Mirage. Um, you learn a lot about him. So I picked up this game knowing kind of the end game for Bassam, but not the beginning. And through this game, you kind of, it kind of gives me, um, uh, Assassin's Creed two vibes. Like, um, you're a kid off the streets and you're about to kind of make your mark on the brotherhood. And you get to kind of grow up with Bassam and see his best friend and, the people in Baghdad that he's uh, uh, lived with, you know, <clears throat> and helped or stolen from. Um, you get to see who he was as a person and as a man. Like, he he holds true to himself um, and his people. He isn't afraid to question his teachings, though. He's not afraid to question anything. Um, and he's very... Uh, what's the word? He's charismatic and I'm not going to say outgoing, but he he puts himself out there, but he can also just as easily you know, sink into the shadows. He's the assassin that I've been missing. Um, he's the assassin that I feel like I've not had since... Man. I don't know. Unity, maybe? Like, I, a syndicate came after that, but I mean, Evie and Jacob weren't really my thing i enjoyed the game for what it was but i think unity was about the time that i felt like we had this kind of assassin with arno maybe um i don't know he had a really interesting story i'll say that and i loved the journey that he took to from novice assassin all the way to master assassin um and then what kind of leads into uh Valhalla um it's it's a really fun story and he he made the journey so much better hell yeah okay um 
Clive is a hunk of a man and <laughs> I love the journey that he goes on and I really think that Ben Starr's performance does a lot for me in making the character as I don't want to say good as he is but as uh, I mean for lack of a better term for as good as he is like I don't think that if anyone else had been playing him other than Ben Starr I'm not sure that I would feel quite the same about the characters I do I really think that Ben Starr's performance in this game like really sold me on Clive as a character um, that said I, I do think that he's a a solid character and probably the best final fantasy pro like lead protagonist in uh a very very long time um like it's been a it's been a while since we've had a, a protagonist that i've enjoyed uh quite as much as clive um so there's there's that um alan is very much uh, a similar thing to the story for me where Alan as a he works as the avatar for the themes that are, are being put out there with regards to uh, like self-doubt about um you know all all of the things that have to have to do with with art and have to do with you know um like struggling and not having uh, like putting yourself into everything and then it's still like it being the villain and you being the villain and i think that it has the story has a lot to say and i think that like with like if this were say like um i don't know for for lack of a better i guess comparison maybe like if this were just control um with this narrative i don't think that jesse is a strong as strong uh enough of a character to to handle this narrative and i think that it shines because alan is the character that he is um also the fucking performance uh i forget his name but the performance of the actor who plays alan is just uh fantastic like he he does an excellent job so um great stuff there and then last but not least my girl carlac because i love her that's it she's the best <laughs> you know how you were right. like the other day you i was like i don't know how to choose between shadow heart and carlac uh, and you're like if for me it's easy i'm like now i'm like yeah i think it is easy <laughs> yep i i she's love her so much dude she's just the fucking best she is literally everything <laughs> um so that makes it so much easier uh, so our choice is Carlac. Um, 
Sorry, Austin. Dude, I don't even fucking care. If you want to do Carlock, I'll do Carlock. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, who, who were you? Oh, uh, damn. I mean, unless you want to. I mean, because it's, I'm assuming for you, it's going to be Alan. For me, it's going to be Miles. So the neutral ground is Carlock. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think that <laughs> that's the best way to. That's what's to up. That's what's up. That's how we settle things peacefully. We give it to the hot Inferno combustion engine. We go and we give it to the hottest of the hot. Literally. Literally. That's fucking awesome. Like, she though, literally she has, cool like, shit. a fucking, like, engine yeah, in her heart. Her. That's fine. Yeah. Her and fucking Gale, dude. Okay. Carlock it is. I'm okay with it. Carlock it is. I got no problems, man. Literally no that's, problems. That's an easy... Easy yep. fucking peasy. All yep. right. Well, uh, I mean, I guess with that, with that said, um, we're on to the last, last, category, last category, which is uh, always very fun and always very hard. Um, so, I guess uh, let's. Um, I don't know. Let's get it out. It's uh, best old game. Um, the the nominees or uh, sorry cyberpunk 2077 was the winner last year um our nominees this year are bloodborne uh final fantasy 5 the swapper and final fantasy 7 remake uh we didn't get a fifth nominee but that's okay um we didn't we didn't need one <laughs> um so Real quick before we do this, are you going to do anything for favorite moment of 2023? Uh, see, so I had thought about that because it is something that we did um, with this category or like with this series of this episode, I guess I should say. And it is something that we did with this episode last year, but um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm okay with not including it since Austin's here and we can do it uh, whenever he does get here. Okay, I'm going to cheat. The reason I'm saying that is because I have to speak on the swapper real quick. Okay. Um, and I told Justin this was coming because I said I wasn't finished with my story with this game and why it left so much of an impact. And this is going to be a little long because I've been waiting to talk about this for a while. Um, and I by no means want this story to be like, this is the definitive choice. But the swapper is on this list. And I'm sorry this is going to be long-winded, but the swapper was one of Justin's picks for me. And this game had me very curious because last year he put me on to Neon White, and that wound up being my game of the year. So going into this year, with that in mind, I was really optimistic about both Kentucky Route Zero and the swapper. And I have nothing bad to say about KRZ at all. It was a beautiful ode to American folklore, and it had like a really incredible stylistic approach to the art direction, and a really great soundtrack to match. It was a really good game. I have nothing bad to say about it. So why did the Swapper resonate with me so much more than that? A game that, in theory, you know, given my expansive amount of time with, and love for indies, KRZ should have stolen the top spot in terms of like best old games for me. Um, it didn't, and unfortunately, 
it's not really a happy reason for why it didn't, but it kind of is. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I've spoken about this or not publicly to you or anyone. This past year was not a good year for me. Um, I was actually at my lowest of low. And to make a long story short, I went to the doctor one day in hopes of like getting my ADHD treated because I, I just needed it. I needed focus. Um, so she ran through what seemed like about 20 questions. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head, okay, this makes sense. You know, just, no, just so no one waltzes in here thinking that they're going to diddle their way to an Adderall prescription. Um, you know, you got to go through some screening. So I was like, whatever. Um, it wasn't that. And in fact, it was uh, it was a fucking con the whole time, because when she finishes her twenty question game, her literal words to me were, "So those were all questions to screen you for anxiety and depression, and I'm going to refer you out to a psychologist in our network. In the meantime, I can give you a prescription of Prozac to help you with all of that." And I immediately said no. Um, I've had a thing with pills my whole life. I never wanted it to make me like an artificial version of me. I didn't want to live like that. So fast forward a week. And I'm not good. I'm going to be honest with you. I, it was a culmination of work and personal life and those good old friends that I always knew I had. But I, you know, until recently, until that day, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was reminded that I had them. And that was anxiety and depression. It was just all culminating and I, I wasn't, I was not doing good. And I, I, to be on, brutally honest, I hadn't felt happiness in a long time. Like, you can feign a smile, you can laugh with your friends, but I feel like to know happiness is something else. I couldn't, to that moment, even describe to you what it felt like or what it should look like. I couldn't. It had been that long. I was kind of living a life, I'm being honest with you. Um, I know I go to the gym and that, you know, it kind of helps. It helps me release something and it feels good but it's always temporary or it was um everything genuinely was meaningless to me <laughs> and i woke up one morning and i didn't have work that day and i said that was the day and i hate to say it because it's scary and i don't want people to hear it and panic but that was the day i i really said to myself i didn't want to be here anymore um that was not easy um I went through that day empty. I wasn't relieved that I came to that conclusion. I wasn't happy, obviously, and I wasn't sad. I wasn't even mad. I just kind of was. And I can't tell you much about the day other than I went to the bed that night just thinking about video games. I think it's been a part of my whole life, literally since I was single digits as far back as I can remember. And that was just kind of what I you know, clung to that night. I, it was, I mean, this was midway through the year too, by the way. And I thought back to the Swapper. I finished the Swapper in January, the end of January. Of all the things I thought back to, it was the Swapper. And I kept saying in my head, death is a mechanic. So Justin said that to me one day on stream. But, and I wish I had that like aha moment captured as that sentence alone helped me through some of the most challenging puzzles I've had to face in a video game. 
or at least it was to me. It forced me to really think. And my brain doesn't work like other people's. I know that. And while I was streaming it, I remember thinking, like, literally how much of an idiot I must look like. Because I'm sure the answers were right there to some people, but my brain doesn't work like that. But I kept on utilizing death as a mechanic. Gallivanting through, like, endless fucking platforms and puzzles and just this desolate atmosphere. Always on the hunt for answers as to what was next in the story, right? And then, you know, you make it to the end. And this is a game where you're constantly cloning yourself, switching to that clone's body, discarding your old body, and moving on without a second thought. And then the last thing you do in the game comes down to a choice. You're literally, and it's vague to remember this, but you're about to be trapped on a moon or a planet or asteroid, something. I don't remember what it truly was. I I don't know. But you're about to be trapped, and across the chasm, like you're in front of this giant fucking chasm, essentially. But across the chasm is another person. It's the first person that you've caught up with all game that you've visibly been able to see. And they turn to leave you on this place alone. And your only choice is to die. Or you can utilize the same mechanic that you've used all game send your soul to their body put their soul in your body and you get to escape but they're left behind so that's a fucked up choice and I I know I'm spoiling the game but I don't anticipate a lot of people are going to go back and play this but it hit me fucking hard dude when I played that and I couldn't do it if I'm being honest with you I didn't want to I didn't want to take someone else like I know it's a fucking video game dude but I didn't want to take someone else's life away just so I could live to see another day like I felt just weird in that moment. So I stayed. I let the person left, and I was just there. I thought the credits were literally about to roll. I thought that was game over, and it wasn't. I, unfortunately, could still move. I could still walk, but I couldn't go back the way I came. I couldn't reverse those choices that I made that had led me here. I could literally only go forward. But now there's a problem, because what did I just say? What was in front of me? And it was a cliff. Forward was a brief jump, and then nothing. And the game let you decide when you wanted it to end. And I don't remember how long I sat there. But I thought about the choices that led me there. Death as a mechanic. I thought about the last choice that I made which was not to use the person's body to escape. And for, like, the last few minutes, I thought about that last step. And literally, I could feel my adrenaline building up in that game. My anxiety, (laughs) you know, unbeknownst to me at the time, was through the roof. And I took the step. And the fall could have been three seconds, three minutes. I was streaming it. I still couldn't tell you how long it took. And then I hit the ground and that was over. Death was a mechanic. So all of that was racing through my head that night that I just told you about. And I don't know why I thought of the swapper, but I just remember loving every second of the game. It challenged me in ways that I really haven't been challenged before. It made me think 
like I was playing chess. You literally, Josh, you had to think five moves ahead in that game to complete the puzzles. It's crazy how intricate it was. And even through like, it's, 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 it's a dark atmosphere. And I remember loving every second of it, even through the guaranteed somber that came with that ending. I thought about everything. And then I thought about those famous words from Justin and I don't know what did it at that point, man. I just remember saying to myself that I don't come back from my choices. I never have at that point in my life. And death is a guaranteed mechanic, unfortunately. And just like I didn't want to take someone else's life away at the end of the swapper, I wanted to spare them, right? Um, I thought about me not wanting to take that away from someone else. And that choice that I was leaning towards that that day I, I knew I'd be taking something away from a lot of people um, so I made the choice the next morning when I woke up to reach out to that same doctor that I talked to a week a week before that and I got my prescription filled that day and I got an appointment set up for therapy and I'm still here um, I wasn't almost there and for some reason it was the swapper that did it um, I loved the game man so much it really left an impact on me and it helped me through some weird shit <clears throat> well um, toaster bath is uh, not fun toaster bath hurts no. someone <laughs> I hate everything <laughs> that just <laughs> happened <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> listen, man, sometimes you just gotta laugh. Oh, you do. And so, I, I haven't been able to speak. I haven't even told Justin that. I haven't told him this game changed my life. I haven't told him anything, dude. It was just fucking weird. The whole thing's been weird. That game, I think, didn't we sit down and reevaluate our top games of all time this past uh, year? Yeah. Yeah, we sure did. Okay, I know for a fact the Swapper made it in there somewhere yeah. for me, I think. I'm um, relatively positive I remember that happening. It changed my life. Um, I didn't know that it changed my life, but it did. Um, and, like, I, we've played a lot of old games this past year, but I don't even know when that fucking game came out, but it it is so good, and I encourage everyone to play it, and it's just some weird little indie a puzzle platformer but it was fun and then i played final fantasy 7 at the end of the year and i think that should win i just choked on myself i don't know what that means i don't know that we need to necessarily uh give it to anything else <laughs> The fact that, just like Fortnite, we all three wound up playing Final... Wait, you didn't play Final Fantasy VII at the end of the year. I just realized that. Uh, I Did didn't you? play it to completion, uh, but I played it a little bit to gather some footage for uh, for the video. What? You're releasing a video? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Alan Wake 2, yeah, I, I know. am our own worst enemy. You should make a video on Alan Wake too if I'm being real. I probably that would I be probably should. 
you probably should. But I know Austin's playing Final Fantasy VII right now as well. I'm not, I mean, I'm not right now, but uh, the past few nights, whenever I pull up his PlayStation shit, it says Final Fantasy. So, But it still says Chapter 1, and I know that's not a long chapter, so I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's... I don't know. He's doing something. He is doing something. I don't... I'm assuming you put Final Fantasy V on here. I did. Um, we'll take it off. Final Fantasy V is <laughs> a game that had kind of like constantly been on my list of games that I really wanted to get to because I just had never played it before. And it was <laughs> like I had seen it very often considered one of the great final fantasies and just for whatever reason i never really got to it uh or like not that i didn't get to it is it was more that like what had happened was (laughs) i had (laughs) tried to play it like multiple times and it just never it wasn't like clicking with me the way that like other final fantasies had and so like when I'm sitting there, like, trying to, like, play a Final Fantasy, I'm like, I want to, like, I don't know. I want to play the games that I am immediately hooked by. And so when I finally got around to this one to play it for the um, for the, uh, the video um, and to kind of, like, have my full thoughts on it and everything... Um, I was kind of amazed by just how fucking good it was. Like, it was really something that I wasn't expecting to, like, totally love the way that I ended up, like, loving it. But, like, it's just really fucking good. Like, the the battle system, or, well, not the battle system, but, like, the, uh, the progression system is basically the jobs from 3, but, like, amped up like they they added in a whole bunch of extra stuff where you can like multi-class and you can change like the way that your um your jobs work is like there are uh little abilities that can carry over um from job to job so like you'll have like something from like the monk that you can once you level up your uh your monk job enough you can take that and carry it over to a different class. So, like, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, a, a good example. But, like, I'm, I'm relatively positive one of the jobs has an ability where you can, like, hit twice in, in one turn. And the um, you can take that and then move to, say, like, a, a paladin or a knight or something like that. And be able to, like, basically do extra, like large damage that's a really poor way of phrasing that but like you can do a lot of damage in one go or you can have something where like uh like you'll have like a thing like thick skin or something like that where like you're basically like extra defense and you can move that to a class or a job where it doesn't inherently have like high defense like you can't wear like you know Uh, like heavy armor and shit like that but like you'll have this ability so it's like oh okay i can now be a squishy little mage but actually i'm not so squishy anymore um and like all of that kind of stuff works but then there was like for me this isn't quite on the same level as the 
the you know story that you just told but like final fantasy has always been a very progressive video game series i feel like um like it's not it's not always been the best about it but considering that <laughs> this game came out in like 1992 yes I'm yeah okay I, yeah the fact that it came out in 1992 and one of your lead characters is a gender non-conforming woman blows my fucking mind the fact that you have a character who is a like basically like a king of the pirates but is also like a princess is like in 1992 yeah, that's that's a good fucking point. You know what I mean? Dude. Like and for me personally, like that really resonated hard with me. Um that's something that like I just I kind of couldn't get over. And like the story in 5 is not like the greatest story in the world. It's not Final Fantasy 6, it's not 7, it's not even like I I 13. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there are a lot of problems, but like I love eight story and I don't think it's as good as eight story. Um, but for as generic and, and kind of bland as that story can be and as tropey as it can be, it's filled with these characters that like I just fell in love with. Um, I really think it's a fucking excellent game uh, and it's, it's, it has moved up considerably in my ranks in the final fantasy franchise. Like, I it used to be like I would probably rank it near like the middle or the bottom, you know, just because I had never given it really the time of day. And then when I finally, you know, got around to it, I'm like, this is probably like a top five in the series. Like, oh, shit. I, I think it's that good. Like, I, I, I really think shit. it's that good. Um, yeah. God, dude, that's huge. So I I adore Final Fantasy V. That's including fourteen. That's including fourteen. Yeah. Holy shit. So. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that game really spoke to me in a lot of different ways. That says a lot, dude. Top five when you have is seven in your top five? Uh, I'd have to look at it, but yeah, I think so. So seven, eight, easy. Yeah. Did you say six? Uh, six is, I think, def- like, it's not my favorite Final Fantasy, but I think it is definitively the best Final Fantasy. So can we say top five for sure? No, because 14's in here. That's crazy that this came this year that you played it for the first time? Uh, Yeah, all the way through th- for the first time. I think that kind of has to take it because that's a testament like you've how is it safe to say you've played pretty much every final fantasy uh everyone but 11 yeah well uh, if you don't count spinoffs like i i never played uh, no i'm not okay. counting like dirge of yeah, exactly i've never played dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> okay um so not counting all yeah. that shit that is wild that that came into your top five yeah if we're just talking the knowing. 16 mainline entries then yeah it's that's crazy. I mean, what about... I mean, so... I'm always a little Bloodborne bitch, but I don't even remember you... Do I remember you playing that this uh, year? I don't know if... I don't know... 
I think I do. It was towards the beginning of the year? Yeah, yeah. It was, let's see. You have it on the thing? Yeah, I'm looking, I'm going to the game tracker right now. Um, where is it at? Oh, yeah. Game tracker. It was March. I beat it. March 11th. Damn, that's why I don't remember um, it. Yeah, I had never beaten Bloodborne. And I, I was like, I beat Elden Ring last year multiple times. Um, it's time for me to go through these games. And I'm going to start with the one that was definitively my favorite one up until Elden Ring. I'm going to start with Bloodborne. And yeah, yeah uh, game rules. That's, it's one of the best games of all time. Like, just straight up. I, I genuinely think that Bloodborne is... Top 50 games of all time? Agreed. I, 50 was my number yeah, two. Yeah, I, I mean, it's yeah. possible that it's higher than that. But, like, just off the top of my head, mm. it's definitively, I think... Yeah, 50 is yeah, safe. Yeah, I think it's definitely there. Uh, Bloodborne's... Uh, immaculate man there's almost there's yeah. almost nothing wrong with that game the only thing that i could think honestly that would make frame it better rate. is Sorry. if if the frame rate was better like yeah. <laughs> that's it <laughs> like uh, it's a the fact that there's no goddamn remaster i'm yeah. so pissed i've said that for three years now yeah. and you're gonna keep uh um, putting it on the predictions i will it will be on the fucking predictions <laughs> this year i'll be wrong <laughs> Um, um, dude, I'm I'm kind of okay because so I started playing Final Fantasy VII remake at the end of this past mm. year, um, and it is blowing me away. And I don't want to give any thoughts until I finish the game, but I'm on chapter nine of eighteen, so I'm halfway. Um, yeah, you're fucking balls. I'm deep having in shit. yes, and I'm doing every side quest, dude. Like I'm having a lot of fun. I have waited this far in my life to, so I've told you this, but I knew who Cloud, Tifa, Sephiroth, Yuffie, you know, Barrett, all these characters, I've known them because of Kingdom Hearts and other media like Advent Children. But I now I'm getting to play and experience the true story of which they came, and I'm having a very good time, and... I see great things for where this place is on my favorite games of all time list. I'll say that, but it is so good. That being said, there ain't no way we don't put Final Fantasy V on this as the number one because of holy shit, it landing in top five of all time. Like, I know you'd have to look at the list and shit, but I know 14's there, 7, 8, this, maybe 6. That's saying a lot when you think about it and think I'm thinking about there's 16 of these motherfuckers that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I Did you play all 16 this year? I played all of them in some form or fashion. I didn't beat all of them. Except for 11. Yeah, except for 11. Yep, yep, yep. Right. That's wild. Um, so, okay. uh, Dude. yeah, I hear you. And I, I agree that it is kind of an achievement. But the swapper went from a game you'd never heard of into your top five. Or top ten. I can't remember. It did. I, I can't remember either, and I had the list, and I don't. I think I might have the list, but um, it ch it changed how I perceive puzzle games. I'll say that because um, 
I don't know. Like I said, I just I hadn't been challenged like that before, and it's just it. You have so many moving pieces, and that's what made it hard for me, and it made it hard for me to focus because you're controlling up multiple bodies at a time while stepping on different platforms while some are inverted and you're not and it's fucking weird but it's so good Mm. and i'm not saying that it has some incredible story it doesn't it has a really cool ending that makes you think but i had so much fun with how challenging it was man um i'm sitting here trying to find my shit what if we what if we made a compromise and we gave it to battle network for austin's favorite battle network That's fucking awesome of an idea. How did you know that's his favorite? I actually don't. I almost remember him saying that he hates Battle Network 4, which was kind of... I think he does. <laughs> but I think he loves Battle Network 6. Okay. Um, I'm okay with that. That's a good call. And it can't, It got remastered, not remastered, re-released last year. He spent a shit ton of time with it. That's such a good idea. I just texted him I fucking to love see that, dude. which is his favorite. He's going to be like, what the fuck question is this? He's playing One Piece right now with someone, like One Piece card oh, game. Oh, Christ. Austin, yeah. get your shit together. Um, Austin, which battle network is your favorite? I think it's six. We'll see. That's a good one, dude. Yeah, f- fuck it. Let's do that because I would, I would genuinely have a hard time telling you that a game that literally changed your life <laughs> literally isn't the winner but <laughs> i'm okay with it but i'm I, i'm also like I, i'm not saying final fantasy 5 changed my life but like it i was it i was already on a journey and it kind of helped me understand things yes. a little bit better and that's fucking awesome that's why i'm saying yes dude but I guess we'll give it to yeah, Austin. Fuck you, Austin. You're not even here, you shit. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. I like it. It gives it gives him a little something, something aside from whatever the fuck the thing was called. Ball house. Ball house. Yes. Yeah. Uh. All right. Yeah, we did it. We fucking yeah. We killed Goaty episode one. Um, yep, 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 yep. And, uh, we're going to do things a little bit out of order as we already have. Uh, yeah. we've already released the, um, previewing 2024 episode, which isn't a technical game of the year episode, but it's kind of like what we do afterwards. Um, and next, uh, next episode is going to be the game of the year. Um, we're going to skip the predictions episode and go straight to that uh and then we'll get back to predictions to end the month um cool uh well with that said uh you guys already know all the stuff come on you've been listening for a while you know everything three years um three whole years so i want to real quick uh actually because I just remembered it. Uh, I want to run through our winners again real quick. Uh, just kind of, you know, give them their props. Recap. Uh, best supporting... On the last episode. On the last episode. Uh, best supporting character, Harry Osborn, Spider-Man 2. Best multiplayer ongoing game, Fortnite. Best art direction, Lies of P. Biggest surprise, the year of 2024. 
Best level slash world design, Lies of P. Best boss fight, b- ball, ball house, <laughs> <laughs> Armored Core 6. Uh, best music, Sea of Stars. Biggest shit show, uh, gaming industry-wide layoffs. Best narrative, Alan Wake 2. Best lead character, Carlac from Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, best old game, Mega Man Battle Network, whichever one Austin likes the best. Um... <laughs> Cool. You know what's funny? I think thinking about our like our game of the year shows in the past, I think that a lot of them have had multiple like uh, winners from the same game, and this year not a single one. I don't think any game. No, Lies of P won two. Yeah, but that's crazy when you think about the games that were in dude, that is wild. Let's just let's just take everything from Liza P. Yeah, fuck you, Liza P. <laughs> that's true, because if we would have given it to Diablo four for world design, that would have been every single unique yep. game. That's cool. But Liza P's better, so So Alright, cool. Uh well now yeah, getting back to the thing. Everybody knows everything about all the things. Just just be nice to one another. <laughs> you're smart. Yeah, you're you're smart. You know what you're doing. Um. Uh, that that all said, uh, I mean, this isn't technically our end of the year episodes because we are recording them in January. But uh, I do want to want to say thank you very much for everyone who is on here doing things with us. Um, it's uh, it gets hard sometimes uh oh uh oh um it gets very hard sometimes uh just doing this uh making videos um finding motivation to do things um and it's uh i don't know it's a lot of fun um i i enjoy it i love talking to all of you in the discord um i love doing the stuff that we do even if it's not like our fucking jobs you know um so thank you just definitively thank you and um thank you for your support and we will we'll be back next week so uh until then goodbye